Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, when I first went to get contacts, they it wasn't even presented to me as an option. It was literally like, you're getting contacts. I don't know if my mom told the doctor, like, this kid's glasses are right. way too big. Like, yes, they hide his nose. Oh, dude. But because I'm not going to lie, like, and I'm not tooting my own horn or whatever. I got contacts my freshman year of high school, towards the very end of my freshman year of high school. And I, I showed up. I, I got. I went to the eye doctor one day after school or whatever, right? Next day, I show up at school not wearing glasses. I think that was the first time girls spoke to me in a different way in my life. Like hmm. that's that literally changed it all. Like, um, and and because I had gotten rid of the big old glasses, so um, yeah. I mean, it, a, a big part of it is the type of frames, right? Like, you, there are frames that will guarantee you women will not speak to you. you like this ever. is like, also I, 1991, 1992. So oh, technology I mean, was very I different. Had, right, but I had like giant ass plastic frames forever, man. It sucked. Yeah. I don't and remember what I had. Like now I've got like, people are like, Oh, those like that looks sharp. And yeah, shit's actually, I might actually solid. buy some glasses later this year. I have not gotten new glasses and the wife estimated about 15 years since I last bought a pair of glasses. I mean, not to toot my own horn. These are Armani, my friend. There you go. Like I'm not fucking around anymore. When I was I looking at glasses like, today to get a quote, she was like, "Oh, these are two forty nine. These are one forty nine. These four forty nine. I was like, "Yeah, those are seventy. For the glasses, I'm probably never going to wear. I'm going to look at the seventy dollar area. The these before insurance were eight hundred dollars. Jesus Christ, that's that's now that's everything like frames, lenses. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, bifocals, yeah. the whole transition, progressives. Like I did everything, wow. uh, but I have really good vision insurance. There you go. So I was like." half so still expensive you but... did yeah and everyone knows about it now oh, hey yo why should you visit thechairshot.com thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews news opinion and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com always use your head It's down. You straight punk bitch. I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome.
It is another beautiful Tuesday night and another great night to record the Greg DeMarco Show. Patrick O'Dowd, it is currently 88 degrees here in Phoenix, Arizona. Today's high was officially 100 degrees. Today was the first 100-degree day of 2023. It's here. I had to turn on the air conditioning wow. for the first time on Saturday. So that oh, was congratulations. I know. We're 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 in that um, pleasant run of seventy degree days. Just those are fun. You can open the window, open the windows, drive with the windows down, air out the house a little bit, uh-huh. get that get that winter stale out. Uh, good deal. We had those seventy yeah. degree days for a while. Then it dropped all the way to like the low sixties, yep. and then it literally oh, went no. from sixty one to eighty seven. So yeah, see, and this that up. right there, by the way, eighty-seven in April. Why? Why I'm okay with living in, <laughs> in New England because eighty-seven is about my threshold, and we're not even talking about July and August, man. Eighty-seven's all right. Eighty-seven here, I, I didn't even have like it was still cool enough in the house with the windows open and and ceiling fans and everything. Like it was still like low seventies in the house. Yeah, don't don't. I was like, don't drop that bullshit dry heat stuff that everybody talks about. That, oh, it's no, dry that's heat. real. It's different. That absolutely is it's true. It's fucking hot. It's hotter than Hades. Hot is fucking But not hot. at 87. And- 87 degrees oh. in the 90s is even fine. When you're over 105 or whatever, that was when the whole dry heat thing for me goes away. Like that, and then it's just really freaking hot. Because my body's all adjusted. I know, my body's long adjusted. All, but, all I know is when I visited, when I visited, the first time I visited in October... I was like, Jesus Christ, it's still fucking 9 million degrees out here. It's October. It's October. Yep. And I love you, man. I love seeing you. <laughs> I love visiting you. I love hanging out with you. But, like, I am all for, hey, man, it's February. Can I come visit? Right. Like, <laughs> January, like. Well, last time February. was in Vegas. And then. Yeah, that was Vegas. That was, that the was time February. before that was here. I really, I mean, the next time I have to go there or we have to meet somewhere neutral, right. like, well, it's just not fair. Was that the April, was that the April trip? Cause that was the spring training game. We caught the spring training baseball game. We, sp- we caught the spring training, the spring training game the day before the ring of honor shows began for WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Oh God. That was that long ago. Was that was 2010. Diamondbacks game. I remember that. No, you Johnson. did come out after that. You did come out after that. Yeah. Yeah. That was not the only. The only trip out you came out after because ring of honor yeah you did because that was 2010 was ring of honor because then i came to you it was like 2014 or whatever that we did the right, tna shows. we did we did more ring of honor shows because that was the that was the jimmy jacobs um time, sorry jimmy jacobs sorry was that was before then because that was by, before then jesus christ because by the time wrestlemania rolled around out here in in 2010, he was the champ. Tyler Black was already the champion, or had, right. maybe he hadn't won it yet. I don't know. No, and he had, he was definitely had won it because he was he was like the only one who didn't show up. Like when the rest of the wrestlers show up, like he was like. That is true. He showed up with Kerry Silken. You're right. Him and Kerry, Kenny Omega yeah. showed up with Kerry Silken. Yep. Interesting. I remember all oh, those days. Yeah. I don't think we ever met. I don't show. think we actually met Kenny Omega. We did meet Seth Rollins. We did meet a whole slew of other kind of, but I I like kind of met Seth Rollins. Well, yeah, he was happy to be here. Like he right. was shaking everybody's hand, 
to it's not like we had a conversation with him. Um, I may have been introduced as like the local guy who put stuff together, but it's not like he would remember any of that. Like, it's not like we had a genuine conversation. No, the, 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 the genuine conversations were Adam Pierce. Um, yes. Sammy Zane in a, in a, in a gas station. (laughs) No, that was a, a a convenience. That was a, that was like a Walgreens or a CVS with, uh, with Steve Carino in his suit reading yep. like the Wall Street Journal in the van next to the Briscoes. Not in a suit. We're, we're just the Briscoes. Yep. Uh Rocky Romero was in that van. Yep. That was a that was quite a that was quite a collection. El we went Generico. to the wrong hotel. Yes. But, Who knew that the same hotel existed on East Camelback and West Camelback? Who knew? At the same pretty times. much number. So, yeah, that was fun. Went to the wrong house. Got him back to the venue in time. So, it was all good. Off to a good start. Um, This tells you, noble listener, just like how much Greg and I really have to talk about. No, Uh, we do have stuff to talk about. At least I have stuff I want to talk about. So, let's do this, right? Because we've been yapping about this stuff for eight minutes now. I'm Greg DeMarco. He's Patrick O'Dowd. He's the wrestling realist. You can find him on the Twitter at wrestling realist. But if you just type in wrestling realist, I mean, it might come up, but it's not going to come up because of accuracy because you've got to spell it. W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Why? Because there's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist and there is one in Patrick and there is one in friend for the best friend for the, for the wrestling realist for the Patrick O'Dowd. If you want to find him on the Twitter, there's an I in Twitter, by the way. So, you can you can do that. You can follow me at Greg DeMarco44. There's nothing special about that one. You don't have to eliminate any letters and any extra letters. Just just fucking do it. It's right there. You'll be fine. At Chairshot Media is the website. That's the chairshot.com. The chairshot.com. The chairshot.com. Always use your head. Visit the chairshot.com for all your favorite wrestling reviews, opinions recaps so much more plus all these great podcasts that we have right here on the chair shot radio network including the likes of bandwagon nerds the likes of triple grit trivia which if you haven't listened to triple grit trivia you should it's the warts brothers you you know at least one of them from bandwagon nerds hilarious that they are super funny it is a fantastic sports-based game show that is a lot of fun to listen to and i highly 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 recommend that as well plus so much more later tonight we'll record the hashtag miranda show of course those will all be on on wednesday along with this one so so much more you find it at the chair shot radio network it's sports it's entertainment it's sports entertainment and it's all housed here at thechairshot.com 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 always Use your head. By the way, you might be listening at thechairshot.com or you might be listening on one of your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. If you are, go ahead and like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, be a friend, tell a friend. If you like the show, tell them why. If you don't like the show, shut up. Just just tell them, listen to this. It's kind of like when you don't like food. You're like, this is horrible. Try this. Do that with the podcast. If you think it's horrible, say this is horrible. Listen to it. So you can see how horrible it is as well. Then when it's not horrible and your friend likes it, you can either convert or no longer be friends with them. I don't know, but just be a part of it all. And while you're doing all of that, you could do it in a really cool t-shirt that you bought from prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. 
So why don't you go there, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up one of those great t-shirts. We got t-shirts for the podcast. We've got slogans. We've got so many more you can get them in any style you want, including the world famous soft style. They even have soft style tank tops now. They had tank tops. They had soft style. Now they have soft style tank tops. That's amazing. Congratulations to the soft style tank top. You just made the list. You made the list over at ProWrestlingTees.com and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So be a friend, tell a friend, and be a friend and buy a t-shirt. It does support all the things that we do here at the Chair Shot Radio Network. This stuff doesn't grow on trees, so we appreciate all of your support. Just like we appreciate the support from any of our advertisers. So here go the commercials. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. That is, of course, the theme music for one Seth freaking Rollins. Patrick O'Dowd, have you, uh, was Extreme Rules, no, I'm sorry, Money in the Bank, the last event you've been to? Uh, yeah. So he was not this Seth Rollins at that point. No, he no. was not that Seth Rollins. Th- that was like 2018, right? Or was that 2019? It was 2019. Yeah, where Brock, it was, yeah, it was when Brock, Brock Lesnar made the surprise return, tossed. Uh, right. One, uh, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali, yeah. It's crazy to think that was four years ago that Mustafa Ali has yet to recover from that moment, apparently. Um, so he was not the visionary yet, and he was not Seth freaking Rollins. If you get a chance to go back, just go back to an event that Seth Rollins is on. My God, his entrance, it's some of the most fun. Like, if you just eliminate any level of, like, you know, not going to be Marky or whatever. 
like going to AEW, singing Chris Jericho's entrance theme was a big thing. Had Adam right. Cole come out, I would have probably thrown my panties at him and I wasn't even wearing panties. But, um, and when Seth Rollins came out, I mean, there was like 11,000 people at the Ron Phoenix. They were going nuts. They were going bonkers for him. Again, the biggest reaction at WrestleMania was Seth Rollins. We are talking about Seth Rollins because there was an article, a couple articles that I've seen over the past couple of days pop up with the same undertone or the same tone that basically is that WWE has a Seth Rollins problem. And that was one of the headlines. And I apologize. I don't remember which one it came from. So sorry. But, and the gist of all these is that Seth Rollins has been a multi-time WWE champion. But the, it, it didn't go well right when he was champion. Things didn't go well for the company. Things didn't go well for everything. And so basically, you have the most overstar possibly in the world right now, but you can't really put a belt on him. You can't really do anything with him. And that's just been the gist. And so it makes it, makes it kind of seem like Seth Rollins is in this like purgatory where we don't know where he's going to go next. He's living in a world of limbo. He wasn't even on Raw this past Monday that I remember, and I watched it, unless I missed, you know, I was yeah. watching it while I was working. And there were a lot of travel issues with Raw this Monday, but Becky Lynch was on their show and they live in the same home. So I don't think that was an issue. Um, unless one was coming from the road and one wasn't, but I don't believe they even had house shows this weekend because it was the post WrestleMania weekend and they usually don't start the house shows back up right away. Um, so he wasn't on raw that I remember. And, and there's just this general feeling of like, what do you do with Seth Rollins? His past three WrestleManias have not been, even past four, like WrestleMania 36, he wrestled Kevin Owens, where Kevin Owens jumped off the giant WrestleMania sign in the WWE Performance Center. Owens won that match. WrestleMania 37, he had the one-on-one contest with Cesaro, which was the biggest win in Cesaro's career up until that point, and, and still is the biggest win in Cesaro's career. He went on to be Roman Reigns' challenger at Backlash. They worked for like 30 minutes. It was a great match. But Rollins put him over. WrestleMania 38, he put over Cody Rhodes in his monumental return to WWE. He continued to do that event after event until Cody got hurt. And then fast forward to WrestleMania 39, which we just saw. And of course, he beat Logan Paul, which I mean, I think most people assume that Seth Rollins was going to win that match um, because he kind of had to at that point. And I'm just using WrestleManias as a barometer. Seth Rollins has done other things, of course, in 2022. Yes, he had the, the the match with Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble where he came out to the Shield theme and the Shield garb and it, it messed up Roman in the head. And he won that match by disqualification. And he is the only person to beat Roman Reigns in a, in a one-on-one contest since Roman Reigns returned and became champion and even before that. So he is the only person who owns that distinction. The last person to pin Roman Reigns, believe it or not, is Baron Corbin. I think that was a dog food situation. But... So I think there's this general feeling. It's like, okay, Seth Rollins just won at WrestleMania. Cody is feuding with Brock. Roman is off the road right now. Where do we go with Seth Rollins? So what are your thoughts as, as a non-internet wrestling person like we are? Is Rollins destined to be the always the bridesmaid at this point? Do we feel like his is could he be a world champion again? Like, is he always going to be this role player putting other people? He's like the gatekeeper now to, to the, to the top of the mountain. Cause that's what these articles would have us believe. It's, I, it's not as simple as a yes or a no response to the articles. I'll say that 
because I do believe Seth Rollins is a gatekeeper, but he's a gatekeeper to the tippy top of the card. He's not a he's not a Sean Waltman gatekeeper. He's a you know the, you know is is this guy a guy who can go? No, Seth Rollins is. Gosh, I would compare him. Remember when we like we used to talk this way about Edge a few years ago, where you need a, a Randy Orton, and but I think he's actually a bigger than than either of those guys. But you need something for the top of your card. You need a person, an entity to do anything at the top of your card for whatever reason. Seth Rollins is the guy that you can plug in no matter what, no matter where. One, he's going to give you a show. The audience is going to buy it and they're going to love they're going to love that card and that result. That's more than just a bridesmaid character. I think that the enormity of the Roman Reigns story has made folks look at a lot of wrestlers as kind of quote less than until this Roman Reigns story kind of runs its course, but Rollins is going to win another title or two before he's all said and done easily. Like, I don't think there's any question that that's, that's going to happen. They he's, he's one of, he's the most trusted guy on the roster, you know, right up there with like the Miz, like another guy you trust. Um, so I think, I think it's a little hyperbolic on the part of those, those articles but that's what we do right in the iwc is we 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 speak in terms of hyperbole it's not a seth rollins problem if people are entertained and love what he does and he's putting on great matches and he's not discontent with where he is in the company then what the it's a it's a it's an imagined problem it's it's not a real problem I guess that's that's my feeling. I think it's fair uh, that it is an imagined problem. Most problems that are put online are, are imagined problems um, or made up problems for for clicks and all that. He is one of the only two two time Grand Slam champions all the way through the Grand Slam. He's a four time world champion in in WWE alone, not counting a Ring of Honor World Championship or anything like that. But he's a four time world champion. In WWE, um, he also is, is a former Mr. Chainsaw, Chainsaw Productions Wrestling World Champion. So there you go, Mr. Mr. Chainsaw. Right. I've never heard of that's a new one for me. Can't can't say that I've ever heard of that one. So um, now I, now I'm going on a rabbit cha- rabbit hole of trying to find Mr. Chainsaw Productions Wrestling. Um, but it made it to Seth Rollins Wikipedia. So, <laughs> but what's here's what I find interesting about it. And the immediate thing that I thought, because I saw these articles and then I saw you know, when, when you're like a Roman Reigns guy, like I am, like you are, like we are. Um, yes, you were the first. Let's just put that out there right now. Um, right. I'm followed by a lot of Roman Reigns supporters on Twitter and I see their stuff all the time. And, and, and it's, it's great because they kind of counterbalance some of the other people. And one of the people shared this article and basically a lot of the Roman Reigns supporters are also very anti Seth Rollins because I think they view him as the biggest threat to Roman Reigns and his, his success in WWE. And they pointed out, well, Seth has had opportunities. He was the top guy in the company at least twice. Both times they failed. Both times it wasn't as good. He got hurt, blah, 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 all these different things. 
And I replied to one of them, and I don't know if they replied back to me yet, but I basically said, none of those were Seth freaking Rollins. None of those were this current right. Seth Rollins that we see. Seth Rollins, and he put it this way when he was on the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, I haven't watched all of those. Um, I know some, some someone who has and will literally tell me which ones are good and which ones are bad. Not bad, but which ones aren't as good. I watched the Seth Rollins one, and it was really, really good. And him and Stone Cold Steve Austin both kind of said the same thing. The visionary Seth freaking Rollins, the character we see right now, might be his final form. Like, this might be his forever character, the last evolution of, of Seth Rollins. Like, he's fully, he's the fully evolved Pokemon now. Kind of like Roman Reigns yeah. is, is also, fully I think, in his Pokemon. fully evolved character form. They might switch sides of the fence. Like, Edge is always going to be this version of Edge that we see today until he's right. finally done wrestling. And when he left, he was this version of Edge. He might be heel, he might be babyface, he might be whatever. Like Finn Balor, this might be the Finn Balor that we see. It might not be the Finn Balor. He might change again. Who knows? But, you know, we may not have seen, like The Miz. This has been The Miz for the past good decade, this version. Forever, of yeah. It's, it's so, like, it's, but he wasn't always this version of The Miz. So you hit a certain character. Ric Flair wasn't always the nature boy. He wasn't always wheeling, dealing, kiss dealing, jet flying, limousine riding, son of a gun. Like he wasn't always that. But when he became that, that was it. That he was he was done. That was Ric Flair. This is Seth Rollins. He has not been a world champion since he's been this Seth Rollins. And right. the Roman Reigns that main evented WrestleMania 31, WrestleMania 32, WrestleMania 33, and WrestleMania 34 was probably not the sustainable Roman Reigns. All right. There was start, stop a lot. He lost WrestleMania 34 against Brock Lesnar. We were like, welp. He ended up beating him at SummerSlam, but still. But that's not the Roman Reigns. You can't, you can't compare. You can't say that the Roman Reigns we see now, you cannot say that person main evented WrestleMania is 31 through 34. You just can't. Because he didn't. It was a different Roman Reigns back then. He was still wearing the shield vest. He was still doing all shield everything. Since he came back after the COVID break, that is the Roman Reigns that is now can lead the company. Well, that, I believe this Seth Rollins could do that. I believe the visionary Seth Rollins could yeah. be the top guy. And he's probably going to be Roman Reigns' challenger at SummerSlam in Detroit, is my guess. I don't. I, I believe Roman will be on the car in Saudi Arabia because he usually is. I don't know who he'll wrestle. They'll probably pull some challenger out of somewhere. Matt Riddle just came back. You could pull out like a Kevin Owens again. Who knows? But I don't think it'll be Seth Rollins. I think Rollins gets his shot at SummerSlam and gets that SummerSlam main event. Kind of like when Austin wrestled The Undertaker in a SummerSlam main event years ago. Like, I think that's going to be a big thing. And maybe at that point, Roman is able to beat Seth Rollins with the help of the bloodline like he's been doing. But to me, Seth is definitely that. Like, yeah, he's a, you, you, he is a gatekeeper and, and you got to beat him to get to that, get to that ultimate level. And I understand that because he's been there. But I also think it's because and I'm not inside the company, but I have a feeling internally they know that if Roman Reigns were to fall down the stairs tomorrow and break his leg and had, you know, in three you parts and had Rollins. to have surgery, you're immediately going to Seth Rollins. Right. Do not pass. Go do not, do not put it on Cody Rhodes. Go right to Seth Rollins in my opinion. And that's no offense to Cody Rhodes. Like it's just, and that was my other comparison. So many people were banging the table for Seth, for Cody Rhodes to be the guy with WrestleMania and, and now I look at that and I'm like, well, what about like, 
if if you had to pick, if you if you had two options to be world champion today, and your two options were Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, and 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 your career was on this decision, who were you putting the championship on? Right now, it's it's Seth Rollins, and I'm uh, the same way. Without without even a real question, and that's not a knock on Cody. Uh, no. at, at all it's it's objectively you put the two of them out there in front of a crowd they both are reacted to well Seth is reacted to bigger and and sustained throughout it's like when Seth Rollins works a match the crowd stays with him oh absolutely my god the crowd the crowd, do, the crowd does not always stay with Cody. It really still depends on where he is at times. It's true. Which is why this whole adversity argument, I think is really something people need to pay attention to because the WWE right now with having him face Brock Lesnar, as I'm sorry to change the subject, that's to get you to root for him more. Yeah. And to, and and to get behind him because he's got to start overcoming some stuff as you pointed up a lot pointed out last week and what is a bigger obstacle there's none than 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 brock Lesnar. there's no bigger obstacle than brock lesnar which again tells you how the company sees him all deference to the roman reigns and the bloodline there is no bigger obstacle roman reigns biggest obstacle was brock lesnar right right when the final boss's biggest obstacle is brock lesnar that's everybody's biggest obstacle again bruce Pritchard has said it a million times We've acted on this program. If this were real, Brock Lesnar would never lose and would hold every championship he wanted to because he's the modern day Andre the Giant. Like Andre could have won every, like, like there was, if Andre wanted to do something, no one was going to be able to stop him. Like that's Brock Lesnar. I don't like this phrase that Joe Rogan used. And Joe Rogan is obviously a very controversial person, but Joe Rogan tells a story when, and Joe Rogan's a trained fighter and in great shape and all that stuff. And he tells a story about when he first met Brock Lesnar. He said, rarely in my life have I sat in a room across from another man and realized rape is an option. And I could not stop it. Like, that's how he described Brock Lesnar. Like, this man could do whatever the hell Jeez, he wanted to be right now. Again. Right. But that's just what he was saying. Like, Brock's obviously not going to do these things. But he's such an unstoppable monster. He's such a freak of nature. One of one, as Pat McAfee says, he's the the, uh, the apex predator of our species. If if we had, you know, if if aliens came down and gave us their greatest fighter, we would send in Brock Lesnar to oppose them. Is is, is what is how it's always been oh. been described. What? Sorry, my fo- my browser just exploded with an ad. Always fun. Right in my ear. We did not hear. Glad glad the. Yeah, I know we didn't, but it, I. <laughs> but you did. Layered out my. But Patrick O'Dowd did. He's gonna need a minute. So, um, but again, that's just to drive the point home. You're exactly right. Like this is being done to get people behind Cody. Because as much as people love Brock, this is the great thing about Farmer Brock and, and where we've gotten to with Brock Lesnar, and now Cowboy right. Brock, because he kind of more from Farmer Brock to Cowboy Brock, and nobody really noticed. People are going to hate Brock Lesnar just because he took away Cowboy and Farmer Brock from them. Like, because now he's not fun Brock (laughs) anymore. And fun Brock's a lot of fun. And now he's not fun anymore. He's now ass-kicking, unhinged Brock Lesnar. Because that's what we need him to be for Cody Rhodes. And, of course, we learned this week that that was in the plans for months. And and 
Um, so was Cody losing? No, 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 no. Cody didn't know he was losing until That's the bullshit. day of the show. You could see it in his face, Craig. I know. Don't but, yeah. listen to them. I know. We talked about this last week. We saw it in his face. Yeah. We, but what we didn't Don't see was the adrenaline this. in his soul. Patrick O'Dowd. Right. I, I do got to say, I can't remember who commented on Twitter, but uh, apparently, and I'm going to fully disclose, I did not hear this promo. Okay. Uh, but, but Cody Rhodes talking about like him like living adversity, like like or something like that. He was he was like trying to talk about his like tough road, and the person uh, on Twitter just commented about, you know, you like the guy who grew up around the business and whose dad helped him get him in and and moving forward. That guy's having hard times. Like, oh, that's the funny. Point was well taken. That's the, all. The, the promo was it good. Was well, it was well made. The promo yeah. was good. It was a little long, um, and I still, it's weird, and I'll explain why in a minute as we shift gears unintentionally. It ended with like, I don't need to earn it, I am it, is what Cody said. Like, that's, what it, that's what it was. It's like, you say I have to earn it, I am it, which is what Cody said. Kind of a heel thing to say, but if you watch the promo, it wasn't a heel promo. Right. Cody Rhodes showed up from day one wearing a suit, he walked through the doors like he's a top guy. And you right. can, honestly, that doesn't work in WWE. That's part of the problem. You, you don't show, look at AJ Styles. He came in three in the Rumble, had a great run, all that. Remember, he lost at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho. Eventually became a multi-time world champion, all this stuff. And when he returns from injury, it's going to be a huge deal. And, and all that right. would be great. But Cody walked through the door as a top guy. And I think that was one of the things that just didn't work. And it only takes one or two little things to not work for then, you know, right. for somebody to, to not work. And that's kind of what I saw in, in Cody. So overall though, to me, I think it's like, it, it's like when you, when you put a little kid in shoulder pads for the first time, they look, the shoulder yeah. pads look too big for them. I think everything that was going on with Cody looked too big for Cody even though he came in at the top because of what he was in AEW. But I do believe he will grow into that and will be that in the long run. It's just that so many people yep. wanted him to be there already because they loved him. And he's done a lot of great things. And he really did go and bet on himself and leave and come back and, and get somebody else to spend a hundred million dollars, start a wrestling company that he was the EVP of. And WWE has given him lots of leeway to make plenty of references to those things. And I think it's great. And, 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 and one thing I saw recently posted about all elite wrestling and not that we plan to talk about them today is they talked about how it's great for the wrestling business. And I firmly agree with that point. It is great for the wrestling business, but Cody will grow into that. And all the things that he's saying, he will actually be, and he will actually do. And he will actually, we, we will see it. And it's, and, and it will be sooner rather than later that the, the, the output will meet the words. But for Seth Rollins, I do feel like he's, he's literally plug and play at this point. Like you could put Seth Rollins in at any time. Very much so. And, and he could do anything. You talked about The Miz. And they've had a couple back and forth run-ins. If you put me and, and you showed me a long-term feud between The Miz and Seth Rollins, I'd buy it. 100% I'd buy it. Would you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. How could you not? Like, like yeah. I, I don't understand why anybody would think that would be a terrible run. No, I agree. I, I because people wouldn't view the Miz 
as being a suitable enough dance partner. Hall of, Hall of Fame WWE wrestler, The Miz. Yes. Like, I I just hate that. I hate that attitude, that mentality. I think it's it's crazy that like The Miz is a he's a fucking star. Like, and he's it's because he doesn't legit. say no to anything. He lost to Snoop Dogg. And I'm not saying that's a bad yeah. thing. Because the Miz will make honestly, anybody look like a million bucks. If you showed up tomorrow and in job. WWE and they put you against the Miz, you would look like a credible professional wrestler. And that's great. Like it is. How, like, like I get it. Like, but again, the Miz, the Miz doesn't have to win to, no. to continue to be the Miz. Seth Rollins doesn't have to win to continue to be Seth Rollins. Yeah, because he lost um, every single match against Cody. Every, and then he lost right. to Matt Riddle and, right. and, and, and the, um, in the fight pit. Hell, and it's and, and on, there's just very few guys. Like once you get once you get to that point in your career, you are the guy who can wrestle anybody on the card in the company, and you should be viewed as legit. And there is no stepping that. Like the Miz in two weeks could turn around whatever he's doing now. And be a a legitimate, even even though he would be a losing contender against the bloodline. He held the world Seth title Rollins. two years ago. Miz did. Yeah, yeah. It was Seth for a Rollins. week or whatever, but right, he did. Two week turnaround. No matter what they're doing, two week turnaround. World title contender. If Randy Orton was healthy, two week turnaround. Absolutely. In the in the world title picture, uh, AJ. Like there's just there's certain yep. guys that That's what you I was just thinking. know. AJ like, Styles, yeah. Plug them in. Kevin Owens at so, this point. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is there. Kevin Owens is, is there, and it, I don't know. It's just it's insane to me that there's still this like lingering Miz resentment that's not legitimate heel heat character resentment. It's let's be but you're jealous of that dude's life, like that he got to marry Maurice. And got to live his fucking dream Absolutely. as a professional wrestler. As has was the kind of notable, isn't he the first true heel to win his WrestleMania main event match? Absolutely. Triple H did. Right? Yeah, I guess. At 16, yeah. Triple H did it, but um, and that was like the first heel to win. But yeah, when the Miz did it, like and he did it over John Cena. Nobody saw that coming. Triple H won right. a four-way. At a weird WrestleMania in WrestleMania 16. No one expected The Miz to beat John Cena. Rock's interference notwithstanding. Right. No one expected the now he lost at Backlash, but no one expected The Miz to win at WrestleMania. Not even me. I can't even say that I, I called that one because I didn't. But at least I don't think I did. But it, it's yeah, the Miz is there. Here's the thing about Seth Rollins. And we talk about guys that you could pull out of anywhere, anything, turn if you needed to do, do whatever you needed to do. Here is who, years ago, Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania and then cut one of my favorite promos where he stood in the ring and didn't say anything for nine minutes and then said this. This is my yard now. That guy is actually Seth Rollins right now. <laughs> Seth right. Rollins, he fills the role that The Undertaker filled, in my opinion. Oh, that's a good comp. I like that call. Like, he's not the Undertaker. He's not the dead man. He's not seven feet tall. He's not any of those things. He's not ominous, whatever. But, 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 but 
It's we not the same say character. The Seth Rollins match. Yeah. It, it, it's Seth freaking Rollins. Like, like he, if you ever needed anything, you would call on the Undertaker. And he defends the company. And he talks about, you know, you know, not liking certain people. He didn't like how Cody Rhodes came in and had everything handed to him. The Undertaker wouldn't have liked that either. Like, even though he, and he was the one who was putting Cody Rhodes over. Like, Rollins is that guy right now. He's, he's what Drew McIntyre wanted to be. Because McIntyre right. wanted to be the guy that the company could always call on. And he's right there, too. He's a main event level guy. And you could pull the trigger with him at any point, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. And just like the Kevin Owens and everybody else we listed. But of all, and Randy Orton and all of But of everybody we listed, number one on that list is Seth Rollins, in my opinion. And, and so, no, WWE doesn't have a Seth Rollins problem. In fact... I think everybody wishes they had a problem like Seth Rollins because he right. is he's everything right that, now. That means that means that you have a yes. healthy strong roster that isn't yeah. going to fall to shit if your guy gets hurt. And some people would complain if Roman went down with an injury and they went to Seth, all the Cody fans would go nuts. Because they view Cody yeah, as the I, next guy. And I think you don't take Cody off the path he's on, even if Roman had to go away tomorrow. No. You do it with Well, Rollins. that's the thing. Because he, he's got his path. He's on his path. It makes no sense to pull him off the no. path. He's on like, his roads to the it, championship, right? CrossFit Jesus can do anything. Just just plug him in, and there you go. Like, Seth freaking Rollins. Like I'm, sit, I'm sitting there. Now I'm, now I'm playing this out. So, you know, Roman Reigns gets hurt. So... For whatever reason, if they were to give the title to Cody, then the Cody stands would want him and Lesnar battling for the title. And honestly, if that was the if that was the truth of it, I'm booking Cody to lose right away oh, yeah. to Brock Lesnar, and Lesnar takes the title, and then the Cody fans are going to be even more pissed because they're going to be like, you know, we buried him, but it's again. Cody's a, Cody's going to be a chaser champion, right? That is true. Cody like, could be that that Daniel Bryan from WrestleMania 30, and this was and this would have happened had he won at WrestleMania 39. And maybe they can fix this now with the, with his path of adversity, even though Daniel Bryan faced insurmountable adversity on the way to WrestleMania 30. Once Daniel Bryan won, the story was over, and that's okay. Cody Rhodes kind of himself was saying it. What was he? What was his big tagline on the road to WrestleMania? Finish the story. Right. That's not a good thing if the story ended at WrestleMania for you. Because now you're a world right, champion right, right, with right. no story. And I know people are going to be like, go oh, whatever you use. It would have happened. Like it happened to Dan. The best thing that happened to Daniel Bryan Danielson was the fact that he had to vacate the title after he won it at WrestleMania 30 because nothing was going to top that moment for him. Like Kofi Kingston yep. did a lot of great things after WrestleMania 35 before he lost the title to Brock Lesnar on the first SmackDown. He had a good six-month title run. Like for Daniel Bryan Danielson, everyone got so behind the underdog that once he stopped being the underdog, there was nothing there. Now, when he came back and turned heel and did everything he did to become world champion, it was a great run because there was something else. We're getting Cody something else now, so that doesn't happen. And it wouldn't surprise right. me if this was a conversation that Triple H had at some point thinking, 
Because we, you and I know the best question in the world we can ask because we've heard Eric Bischoff say it. We've heard other people say it. Then what? And and that's a really weird yep. question. After Cody Rhodes would have won at WrestleMania 39, then what? With Seth Rollins, there's no then what because he can do right. anything. And so, yeah, I, right. I think if Roman Reigns got hurt, they'd split up the titles immediately and do one on Raw and yeah. one on SmackDown, and Cody would probably win one and Seth would probably win the other. But, like, if you had one guy to pick, I think that guy would be Seth freaking Rollins. If I were starting a company tomorrow, I would want Seth Rollins to be there right away. Like, he's just that much of a guy in the company, and I think he'll have a huge, huge role. You talked about Cody and Brock. I think I actually think Brock's winning at Backlash in Puerto Rico. I think he is, too. And then I think Cody wins the rematch in Saudi Arabia because you don't do Saudi Arabia without Brock. I think that's where Cody beats him, and I think think Brock's winning at, at Backlash. And that's fine. That's, that's, that's perfectly fine by me for it to go that way. Let's do another commercial break, and then we'll come back with a list. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com You just made the list. All right. It is time for everybody's favorite segment of the program. At least ours. It is time to tell some people, some entities. Hey, you just made the list. So a few weeks ago, we did a list that was a lot of fun. It was single stars born out of a tag team. It was my list. We put it together. We did our thing. Single stars born out of a tag team. This week, we're going to do a different spin on that. And we are going to do tag team stars, basically individual wrestlers who are best known for contributing to a tag team. And, and if you looked at them and their contribution to the business as a whole, it's not solo. It's not, and I'm not talking about solo, Sokoa, but it's not as an individual. It is as poor as part of a group, as part of a tag team, as part of like that. So Tag team wrestlers. We're not going to list tag teams. We will do that list someday. And when we do that list someday, it's going to have to be a super list. It won't just be six when we do the list of tag teams. Like we're going to have to play yeah. for something like that and make it its own episode. And maybe we'll do it over the summer when, when things slow down in the world of wrestling. But tag team wrestlers is the theme of the list today. It is my topic. So Patrick O'Dowd will go first. We will take turns developing the list of six then we will put them in order where I will go first and we will take turns from there. And that will be the list of tag team wrestlers. You just made the list. So Patrick O'Dowd, you get to go first. You know, this one was interesting for me because I found a lot of the names on this list, old school Patrick O'Dowd that he is, old school NWA guys. Um, seem to be where Absolutely. a lot there's, of there, there's an obvious one, old school NWA guy. Right. So there's there's two that I think are obvious. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Arn Anderson as as my first one. You know, and ever and people could argue me like, whoa, 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 you know, he was you know he had a solo run as television champion. He was always proud of having that belt. But I'm sorry, Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Arn Anderson to Larry Zabisco, Arn Anderson to Bobby Eaton. He was always, he was called a tag team specialist. Fucking FTR Absolutely. is modeled after him and Tully. 
Like I feel like FTR is literally Arn and Arn. I don't even think they're Arn. Yeah, it's Arn and Arn. It's Arn and Arn. Like, but you got like Arn Anderson was the was the first name that came to my my brain, and so he is going to be my first name on the list. Here's how this was always going to go. Always going to go, in my opinion, all the way back up to like two and a half hours ago when I thought of this idea for the list. Either you were going to say Arn Anderson and I was going to say Bobby Eaton or you were going to say Bobby Eaton and (laughs) I was going to say Arn Anderson. So number two on this list is none other than Bobby Eaton. Now, Bobby did hold the TV title again. Bobby did get a shot at Ric Flair's World Championship at a Clash of the Champions. But Bobby Eaton is forever a member of the Midnight Express. He teamed with other people. He was the Blue Bloods. He teamed with, I think he also teamed with Larry Zabisco at some point. But beautiful Bobby, Bobby Eaton, is forever a member of, of this list for me. He will go down in the annals of history as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, tag team wrestler of all time. Yeah, I, yeah, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton were, were one and two for for me on my list O names. So, um, okay, number three, another guy, um, NWA, I guess maybe not less NWA, but WCW, uh-huh. uh, the half the half of the Steiner brothers that just never was quite like. He got chances. He again was a world television champion. He he tried to do runs as a singles guy, and it just never worked. It's Rick Steiner. So you had Rick and Scott. He was also a member of the Varsity Club. He tagged with Mike Rotunda for a while, uh, which still uh, of all the weird stables out there, the Varsity Club being headed up by Kevin Sullivan is still one of the weirdest things in my brain because I mean he like, did go to college. It, like he had. He did go to college, but like that's not who, who we know him as. I but know. Rick Steiner, um, he just was never like he 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 would work a singles match, and it was always like, well, that's nice, but you never really bought it as, as that yeah. was he was the guy. So uh, that was going to be a singles guy, and clearly Scott went way off on on his own. And could have done it a lot sooner. So that's what, yeah. Uh, and so that's that's my uh, that's my second choice for the list. So uh, Rick Steiner was definitely on my list um, of of potentials for this. I'm going to go current and recent and not even recent but current. And this person has been in a tag team with, and he's held tag team titles with Jason Jordan, with Bobby Roode, with somebody I'm not remembering, and with Otis. And that is, of course, Chad Gable. To me, Chad Gable is the ultimate tag team wrestler. He might get a push. He might get a run solo, and, and maybe this will, that'll change over time. But to me, Chad Gable is, is that guy. So I am going to put Chad Gable as the fourth option on our list. So we'll go back to you. All right. So there are a ton of other names that I still have here. Uh, but I am going to leave the eighties. Good for <laughs> Cause, you. Cause I could, just, I, I could be in the eighties forever. I Rick Steiner uh, could be nineties. Yeah, that's fair. This next guy was firmly in the nineties and into the two thousands though. Uh, and again, is another one of those part of a tag team. The tag team broke up. One guy found success and significant success as a solo guy. The other guy, they tried multiple times. 
for him to go solo and it work and it's never worked. Right. And that is one Devon Dudley. Devon Dudley, I love him to death, but he like he was just ne- he's not he's not the guy when he's by himself. He he was always just he was he was Dudley and and they tried to run him solo in the WWE, tried to run him solo in TNA, and it just it doesn't work for Devon, and I love him to death, but it just doesn't work. So Devon Dudley is my last selection. That's good. That's a really good one. I didn't even, I didn't even think of Devon when I had my short list going. So that says a lot. So last person to be on the list, and there's a bajillion different options, um, and and which will make the honorable mentions uh, very interesting. But I am going to go current again, and this person has really been in this role Going back to oh, 2015, I think, WrestleMania 31. Um, toiled around some other tag teams, wrestled for other promotions. But to me, since then, Kofi Kingston has gone on to be world champion. And Big E has gone on to be world champion. But Xavier Woods, despite being king of the ring, to me, has always been that glue guy of the new day. And unless he also, maybe for him... That pinnacle would be a United States or an Intercontinental Championship. But for me, he will always be viewed as a group member, despite the fact that he's made all kinds of money for the company and for himself and did well. So I am going to put, as my last entrant on the list, will be Xavier Woods. You just made the list! So we have our options to choose from, which I'll run down in a second. What are some of your honorable mentions? Because these are interesting. Because I would have said Rick Steiner as well. Like he was definitely one that I was going to make sure was on the list. Um, so they this guy, oddly enough, he's gotten he 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 also had an opportunity against Ric Flair uh, as a member of a tag team uh, when his partner was hurt. They gave him a run as a heel for a brief period of time. Uh, but Ricky Morton, yeah, uh, oh yeah, I do Rock remember Richard Express. Morton. Yes. Richard, Richard Morton's he was that was not a good part of the York idea. Foundation. Uh, yep, uh, Jim DeAmble Neidhart. Yes, uh, helped not one but two members of the Hart family succeed without him. That's true. Uh, and then uh, let's see, my last one that I had on my short list was Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Ooh. He not only because you think about this, like he, he was with the he was with the Freebirds mm-hmm. as part of the Freebird Freebird rule, and then went on to be a big monster with Doctor Death, Steve Williams. But again, his singles runs were never really no outside of the UWF in Japan, that, that right? And even Japan, like, I think he was more of that tag guy because that's where the Doctor Death thing started. Their whole but Miracle Violence connection. Yeah. Stateside in particular, yeah. The Miracle Violence connection and the Freebirds. Terry Gordy was my my other one that I had. Yeah, I think those are good. So I um, definitely some that I, you know, that I didn't expect to be on this list. Here's uh, some interesting ones for me that jump out. Um, even though this person has had lots of single success, I still view him as a group or, or a solo or, or tag guy. And that's Roderick Strong, of course, from from Okay. And I think he's fringe at best. And he did hold the Ring of Honor World Championship, but and he was hold multiple singles titles in NXT along with tag titles in NXT. So I think you can make arguments either way. I think he's seen his, his most success 
as a group member or a team member. Um, at this point, I feel confident putting on this person on the list because of the love that everybody has for his brother to the point where many would say that his brother should be the one to throw in Roman Reigns, and that's Jimmy Uso. Because I don't think Jimmy's ever getting yeah. a singles push. Whereas I think when Jimmy was hurt the first yeah. time, Jay could have been Intercontinental Champion, in my opinion. And, right, and right. main evented two pay-per-views against Roman Reigns. So I would put Can Jimmy I, Uso uh, on the list. Actually, I want to hear the rest of yours and see if you name this person. Um, I had one, and now I can't even remember who it was. Well, we had Bobby Eaton on the list. And I also had Sweet Stan Lane on my list as a potential True. because yep. he was a member of the Fantastic Ones. He was a member of the Midnight Express. He was in another team in Florida, I believe, but I can't remember who it was. So right. that's definitely another another option. I considered a personal favorite of yours in Tito Santana, but I think he just had too much single success, including yeah, and, the Intercontinental Championship and and the singles run as El Matador and, and all that, that. So that, I don't think I could really why, go with that. Right. And that is why I left Christian off of him. And that was actually who because, I was thinking was the other one. And I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, I, I, I had Christian, Christian on my list. I really thought about it. And, um, sorry, there was one other one that I, Oh, because um, despite being a two time world champion in WWE, Christian to me, I think is still most remembered for edge and Christian. Whereas edge is not. Oh yeah. No, not at all. Sorry. Uh, Christian. And shame, shame on us. Neither one of us, uh, we, we both picked him to be the big single star out of the rockers. And it just wasn't, it wasn't true. Our good friend, Marty Jannetty. Um, I don't even know if he was good enough as a tag team wrestler <laughs> to make this list. <laughs> Sorry, Marty. Oh, um, I don't, I don't think you, um, you made it. Yeah. Pretty. I had one more and it eluded me as well. Um, so it's okay. I, I feel like that's good enough. I think it's totally fine. Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. All right, so we've got Aaron Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Rick Steiner, Chad Gable, Devon Dudley, Xavier Woods. It is now time to put this list of tag team wrestlers in order. Patrick O'Dowd, you get to go first. No, you get to go first because I. Greg DeMarco, you get to go first. I am going to, I'm torn between two and I'm actually going to, I thought for a second there, this might be the list that we don't actually change the order from how we listed them, but I have to put Bobby Eaton over Arn Anderson. And it's really because I feel like Arn Anderson achieved a little bit more single success or maybe just single yeah. fandom than Bobby, than Bobby. Eaton yeah. Did. So I'm going to put, he, Bobby he was definitely, he was definitely the bigger star. It's like oh, Bobby Eaton two, almost gets and, credit for Arn Anderson by being slightly less successful. Right. Well, and here's the thing. It says I'm going to put Arn at, uh, at number two, but uh, you, Bobby didn't have the four horsemen behind him. But he did have the Midnight Express. And Jim Yeah, Crockett, and, 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 and Jimmy Crockett and, and, and all of that. But I And I love the Midnight Express. They're not the four horsemen. Like, no. they're just not. Like they're just not when when the four horsemen were at their apex, like they were it. And Arn True. was one of the like he was he was as much a voice of that group as any uh, as Rick or Tully or Agreed. oh he was usually so, the final voice, right? 
With, he he did the je- he admitted the gesture and the uh-huh. and the da- and the damn team's name. So so let me ask you this. Yeah. If yep. my mistake wasn't a mistake and you were picking first, would you have picked Arn Anderson or Bobby Eaton to be number one? I I would have picked Arn first. Okay, that's fine. With, without a doubt. And then I think there's a good chance this list might have gone in the same order that we already <laughs> okay. have. Okay. Because at number three, I am going to pick. Maybe not. You might move five up. At number three, I I can't put anybody above Rick Steiner. Your your choice there of Rick Steiner. Yeah, so you're right. I am putting Rick Steiner as number three, and then you have number four. I'm actually I'm actually going to put Xavier Woods at number four because okay. while because and again I'm going to talk about scope a little bit with this. He's 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 an ambassador for the WWE absolutely in so many other ways. To audiences, yeah, like, WWE has multiple ambassadors, official, formal ambassadors like like video games, um, like Titus O'Neil. But yeah, Xavier Woods is like an informal ambassador for the company to an audience that they didn't always have. Kind of like Pat McAfee. Right. That's why he keeps coming back. That's why they keep using him. That's Logan Paul. These are all entryways yep. into audiences they don't already have. That's why they're the biggest company in the world. Because they don't focus right. on this one small subset of fans like AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, what might have you. See, I got a what might have you into the show, Patrick. Go down. That's for all time's sake. Yeah, um, look at you go. That's very Bouchereau of me. Um, that's, an, that's inside baseball right there. It made you, it made you ponder for a second. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like that's, yeah, I, I love it. A lot of it. What's that? So that's a lot of inside baseball. <laughs> that's a lot of inside baseball. Um, I am, I'm torn between the two. Because Devon, because of Bully Ray's individual success, it kind of does heighten Devon's on this list. I'm going to go Chad Gable over Devon because of the number of tag teams and the number of times he's been a tag team champion with people, with more than one person, is why I'm going to pick Chad Gable to be number five on the list. But I think you could make an argument either way. Which then gives me... Um, brother Devon, brother Devon, brother Devon, which, and here's the thing for that's, four, that's five, five and six, four, five and six being yeah. Xavier Woods, Chad Gable, Devon, Devon. you could put him in any order and one, two and right. three, maybe, but I think, I think Rick's gotta be, you can't put him. We can't put Arn and Bob. You can't put Rick Steiner over Arn and Bobby. Like I just, right. I just decided number three. So, Oh, I know it, it was, it was, I was having trouble to, with you know, honorable mentions to to do one or both of the road warriors That's because especially especially hawk like when 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 hawk's like problems led to the team breaking up like hawk did try to go it alone a bit I, i'm watching some pretty sad ecw footage right now of hawk doing his road warrior stick right solo and what's interesting is that they just weren't solo guys we didn't have this rule, but if we had a rule that like you could not put both members of a singular tag team on the list, like I said, I thought right. about Sweet Stan Lane and didn't put him on the list. Because Hawk was the guy, whenever a Road Warrior got a singles push, it was always Hawk. Like Hawk wrestled right. Flair Animal multiple times. I think Animal would have been the one to put on the list, but yeah, neither of them. And neither of them were an option for my list either at all. I didn't have him on the short list. So there you go. So big time congratulations to... Devon Dudley, Chad Gable, Xavier Woods, Rick Steiner, Arn Anderson, and number one, Bobby Eaton, tag team wrestlers. You just made the list.
And then I had it set, and now I can't find it. There it is. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of So I don't know if you've heard of this person, Patrick O'Dowd. We're going to leave the world of professional wrestling and go to something that is decidedly in your wheelhouse and not in mind, and that is the world of baseball. There's a gentleman by the name okay. of Briley Ware. Have you heard of this person in the past 72 mm-hmm. hours? No. Briley Ware yeah, look him up. plays, you got to spell it weird. It's B-R-Y-L-I-E, and it's not really coming up too much. So he, and even some of the articles are old. So a couple days ago, Briley Ware did something that supposedly has not happened since Babe Ruth. He hit for the cycle and pitched a no-hitter in the same game. He did this for Division II University of Indianapolis, the, the U- University of Indy Greyhounds. And the only reason I know about this is because he was a guest on the Pat McAfee show today, late for batting practice because he oh. was on there. But I guess not even playing. He's, he might be hitting in this game, but he's not playing. I don't know what position he plays in the field when he's not pitching. But he hit for the cycle. And pitched a perfect game in the same game. It might have been a seven-inning game because it might have been part of a doubleheader, which they do like that in, in college or Division Two. But still, right? That's and it's Division Two baseball. What? But still, like from what I understand, from what they were saying, this is the first time this has happened since Babe Ruth. And I don't even know if the Babe Ruth thing is real or if it's a legend. I have no idea. But I don't. I don't even know if the Babe Ruth thing is right. real or if it's legends. But right. I, I mean, who cares? Like that. That's awesome. He's not signed. Yeah. And I'm sure at the next time Major League Baseball just a draft, this kid will get drafted because, you know, and and I think he may have played in the independent league, but um, he's like hoping to, but he's still an amateur technically. I know he's hoping to get picked up in like the Pioneer League or the Frontier League. Like baseball structure is just insane, right? Like it's just absolutely crazy how many levels there are and, and, and what you do. And and AAA is really just rehab and AA is really where the next pros are coming from, like all that stuff. I purely right. use this as a segue, Patrick O'Dowd, to ask you your opinion of, what are we, 10, 11, 12 games into the, the current Major League season? Your opinion, yep. your opportunity to talk about the rule changes that have happened in baseball oh. this year. The pitch clock, the bigger bases, the rules around throwing to, to you know, trying to throw out the runner on base, all of that stuff, and, and what it has done for your enjoyment as a fan, not just of the St. Louis Cardinals, but of the sport of baseball, professional baseball in general. I'm happy that the game is shorter. Uh, And, you know, a lot of it is being attributed to the pitch clock and the new rules. And that is true. I do still maintain that the pitch clock was, it was one way to do it. It wasn't necessarily the only way to do it. And there, there was a, a different solution that, is a little less disruptive to pitchers and hitters um, because if you call a consistent strike zone with umpires that aren't there, like I I'm, I'm definitely a team like robot ups because if the strike zone never changes and you don't have a human being to work then the strike zone is the strike zone, it leads to more balls put in play. It leads to more, um, it leads to more outs and more consistent. It just leads to more consistent play, which speeds up the game. Um, I was a person who was fine with them doing away with the shift. Uh, 
I know PC Tunney decidedly disagrees and is like, learn to hit the other way. It's not how hitters hit. Um, and it's just not how the game is taught. The game isn't the game isn't even taught to be a singles and doubles game now. It's all about launch angle and, and power and uh, speed off the bat and how much exit velocity you can get. And so uh, taking away the shifts does give a decided advantage to a hitter, which means more offense, which frankly is why people don't watch – baseball is because part of the problem is, is that you watch games go for long stretches of time where really nothing happens. And so doing away with the shift, making the bases bigger to kind of encourage stealing uh, and just kind of generating some more excitement while speeding up the game, I think are, are good changes. Uh, and while I was not enamored with the pitch clock, it's really not been, that impactful in the long run for a game. Like there hasn't been like this big swath of pitchers taking too long or batters taking too long and getting hit with balls and strikes though. It, I did take some joy that the first ever strikeout recorded was caused by a Boston Red Sox. So I do like due to the pitch clock. Sorry. And the whole pitch clock thing for me is really pitchers and hitters because hitters would take forever Step out of the box after every single. Yeah, Nomar Garcia Parra was notorious. Oh, Derek Jeter. I mean, they would adjust every single thing. Like, I always wanted the rule where like pitcher couldn't or hitter couldn't step out of the box more than like once in at bat or something like that. And and that's neither here nor there. My thing is that I grew up when I was a bigger baseball fan, and I didn't even realize that the stolen base had just dissolved up completely. Almost like I love stolen bases. I love small ball. I love advancing the runner. I love trying to hit. You know. Hit for not just hit for average, but hit the bat runs in, not just not just you know homer or nothing. Right. Like I love doubles and triples. I love all that stuff. I mean, triple is like the hardest thing to hit in all of baseball, harder than a home run. So right, it's, it's the hardest hit in the cycle. Yeah, because it's so hard. Like you, it, it's it's the the park is only so big where you can either get a double or a home right. run. Right. So to me. And it's funny because I think that guy that hit for the hit the cycle, I think I think he literally went like home run, triple, double, single. He either did that or that's just the order of the what they played. Oh, maybe he went home or double, triple, single. But I know Homer was first and single was last. I really think he went in order, reverse order. But I love that aspect of baseball. It's what I grew up on. And so knowing that stolen bases are way up makes me extremely happy. Like when I would watch yeah. baseball as a fan. To me, like the thing you got most excited for outside of a home run because they were more rare was a stolen base. Like when someone stole well, a base, it think was about think think about who we had to watch when we were kids. Yeah. You know, Ricky like we're, we're about the same age. You had you had Ricky Henderson, you had Vince Coleman, you had Tim Raines, you had every team had. A I guy was you know I first bases. started watching. Like everybody had a guy on the baseball. I first started watching baseball when the Mets won the World Series. That season when the Mets won the World Series, Mookie Wilson was a big-time base dealer. Like, it it was all about what – it was just – The Cardinals, yeah. It was manufacturing runs. That's what the game was, especially in the National League. That's what the Cardinals were. Yeah, the Cardinals in the the 80s, they had multiple guys that that, that stole 30 bases and up. Uh, like Willie McGee, Ozzie Smith, Vince Coleman. And Willie McGee was also a quote-unquote power hitter at the time. Uh, they could all, Tom Hurd, they could all run the bases. Yeah. And they would do it. They would put all this pressure on defenses because once they got on base, you, you almost felt like you could get that guy to third 
it, with nothing. It was it was amazing. It was crazy. So yeah, it's nice to see the stolen base come back. Um, and and it does. It's just the game wasn't fun for people to watch. Like unless you were the purest of purest baseball fan, baseball was getting tedious. Like kids didn't love going. Like the mythology of baseball had kind of died with steroid scandals and people being just mad at athletes and assuming the worst too. And so I'm not saying that the magic of baseball is back this season by any stretch of the imagination. There's still a lot of rehabilitation on that, that game's image that needs to happen to make it meaningful for fans again and something that's fun and exciting to get to. Um, but this is a start. And I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good first step. I agree. Yeah. I, again, as what I grew up on, this is more of what I grew up on and I love seeing it. I love the, yeah. the uptick in stolen bases and I do think it's fun. I think it's fun again. And, and I hope that this, this trend continues. So with that, that will wrap things up here on this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco show. Go follow Patrick O'Dowd at wrestling realist W R E S T L N G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Follow me at Greg DeMarco44 at ChairShot Media for thechairshot.com. All things wrestling, all things sports entertainment, sports entertainment. Listen to the podcasts, the ChairShot Radio Network. Read the articles and so much more. It's thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. And tune in next week. We're back with something new. We'll see what the world of wrestling gives us, or if it doesn't, we'll just come up with a topic. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.